Foxcats. Foxcats. Hello and welcome to Box Cutters episode. I remember last week saying that we wouldn't be here this week. My name is Josh Canal. To my left, John the, Richards. The part of John Richards will be played by Ross McQueen. I'm a bit freaked out. <laughs> I don't remember his voice being right. quite that. Uh, uh, hi, good so, evening, uh, so, viewers. So Ross, Ross McQueen is uh, to my left. Is that <laughs> is that right? Is is that what's going on? Something like that. Nerida, thanks so much for, uh, for for joining us for this. I'm just enjoying it for, for you. This, yeah, yeah, just uh, re- remember when a little uh, little remember trip down. When, remember when? Remember when? Box cutters memory lane, and coming along box cutters memory lane. Who's that? I think it's Tim Ferguson. Tim Ferguson joined us. Uh, it was uh, probably about eighteen months ago. It was summer. Cheers uh, at that. No, long? it was it was, uh, it was, it was just hot. before comedy festival. It was April or late March. Last year. Yeah, two th- 2008. Wow. Time yeah. flies. I know. We were only two then. I know. We were so young. <laughs> Look at you. We, we were, were only two. We were so young and carefree. <laughs> we couldn't even vote or anything. <laughs> anyway, Tim Ferguson came in to talk to us about uh, being on the big gig as part of the Doug Anthony All-Stars, all the work that he did uh, on Das Kapital. That's, That's right, and he was doing a show at he was doing the, shows comedy at the, at the comedy festival about axed about shows that were axed. That's right, or never, never quite or made never it. Quite made past it. the pilot stage, yeah. yeah. Uh, and uh, Axed uh, has since become a thing as as part of the comedy festival. And they That's had, right. They had another yeah. one this year as well. They did uh, a tradition, a thing. Yes, more than once is they, a tradition. Well, with the comedy festival, sure. Yeah, sure. What's what's the name of their award? Changes every year. The uh, anyway, hi. Oh, the piece of wood. <laughs> the um, so so is that the award you mean? No, the Barry. Yes, the Moosehead. No, <laughs> Tim Ferguson came in to talk about all the things he's done on television. Don't forget your toothbrush as well. Uh, mm. He talks about he's he's really and uh, and shock jock. I remember he uh, he talked about shock jock as well, which was a show that he did for TV One. Uh, it was kind of a TV One co-production, I believe. Anyway, mm-hmm. he talks all about that and uh, and tells us a, a little bit about his television didn't, history. Didn't talk so much about uh, Unreal TV on Channel Ten. No, no, it's uh, we all tried to. I think know, we all not, thought better to not bring talk it up. about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, here's uh, here's here's a little bit of uh, Tim Ferguson, and uh, we'll catch you on the flip side, as some people might say, but not me. Hi, it's Pete Smith. They're not really naughty boys. They're just box cutters going about their business. We're very excited to have in the box cutters studio the one, the only star of stage and screen, Mr. Tim Ferguson. Hey! Hey! Hi! (laughs) Welcome! Hi, guys. Hi, Josh. Hi, lads, ladies. (laughs) This place is full for the listeners who aren't here. You have to imagine a luxurious cocktail bar. This is very special. And tuxedos, I feel totally spoiled. Mm, they can uh, they can actually see it on the video podcast. Oh. The, yeah, but the, we, we do have there, the, there uh, no video the, the very quiet uh, studio audience. We, we actually have uh, uh, Brian Nankervis going around shh-ing everybody. Yes. Well, yeah, I, I tried to, you know, when, when setting up box cutters and, and we were talking about what we were going to do, I really tried to, to think about recreating the Playboy After Dark 
old series with Hugh Hefner and uh, just have guests, have the, you know, the great jazz legends of the time come in and, and stuff. And they come in, but they just sit by the side and shut up. It's, it's it's really amazing. It's really amazing. Not just amazing, it goes that extra inch. <laughs> now, Tim, you're, uh, you're, you're here primarily, well, es- essentially, next Saturday afternoon, uh, which would be Saturday the 29th of March, you're going to be appearing at the Melbourne Town Hall as part of the Comedy Festival, uh, moderating the panel for Axed. Yeah, Axed is a show of uh, the Comedy Festival have invented, which is um, a whole bunch of funny people uh, telling an audience the shows that they tried to get on to television but failed to get on television. Because we're living in Australia, which has a tiny audience. The average IQ, by the nature of IQ, is 100, which means the audience you have to appeal to has an IQ of 100, which is okay. They can add, they can spell but they're not so good on quantum physics human. So <laughs> it's about uh, generating concepts that will appeal to people who are just generally smart. And uh, it's, of course, never going to work in a country like Australia where we'd rather throw footballs at each other. So it's going to be about the car crash ideas which just could never have worked, otherwise known as the good ideas that would work anywhere else in the world. <laughs> now, you, you worked as a, as a producer and, and uh, you uh, were also commissioning comedy for Channel 9 at, at one stage. Scary. What, what are the uh, greatest ideas that never got by you? All mine. Right? My <laughs> ideas, I don't even say what they are anymore. It's a waste of time. There were, there uh, I think the, the reality thing threw everybody for just a spin. About 10 years ago, reality was everything and it was going to be the future, which it has become. But of course, what that meant was that there was no development meeting or a pitching meeting you could go to that you could push something that wasn't reality. Here's light entertainment. Light entertainment doesn't work anymore. People have gone off light entertainment. It will never come back. Uh, And then so then they started predicting the death of reality. Reality is dying. Five years from now, reality will be dead. There'll be no reality. Well, of course, (laughs) really, what we have today, I think, is a healthy mix. Bit of light entertainment. You've got Paul Mercutio with uh, Good News Week. Just a wonderful job for such a short man. It's interesting. (laughs) But you've also got your big reality classics like the thing where they attach it to a lie detector. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I did come up... I, did, I was involved in one show which we made with Grundy's. We, we made a lot of weird things. But we put this thing together. It was called Little Aussie Battlers. And what it was, I mean, I should have seen it coming, was babies and toddlers getting them to compete. So we'd, like, get five <laughs> babies... <laughs> who were, like, you know, two months old, old enough to wriggle and lie them in and just see if they could wriggle across a line that was only a foot away. And there were commentators and sports commentary <laughs> and how you're going and really bad post-match interviews. And Sounds like gladiators. <laughs> oh, it was like gladiators <laughs> with nappies. And it went to air once. <laughs> and I think, I don't know who it was, but I imagine they'd just come out of Hillsong and they were outraged <laughs> and they sat down at their typewriters, which they still use, and sent in a few letters to the newspapers pointing out what we should have realised, which is, you know, you, you can't race babies. <laughs> Whereas now, exploitation of children is, is what television's all about. Oh, God, we were talking about that this morning. People who put their babies on the front page of the newspaper... 
I think that's a very creepy way to go about life by making yourself famous through your non-speaking infants. <laughs> I mean, what if you grow up as a child being, hey, you know, you're Bertie Fertelson, Bertie Fertelson, and you need to spend the whole of your life being Bertie Fertelson. <laughs> He's not even famous. <laughs> uh, so you... Uh, you started on, on our television screens as part of Doug Anthony All-Stars. Mm-hmm. We saw you on Big Gig, uh, and then we saw you on Big Gig, and then we saw you on Big Gig, and every week we saw you on Big Gig and people would tune in mm. to Big Gig, especially That's how it works. to <laughs> see the Doug Anthony All-Stars. This, you basically entered into the, uh, the, the uh, fame stratosphere of, of Australian television very quickly. Uh, that, that was kind of simple because there was nobody. In fact, if you look at television now, it's exactly the same. There's not much you see on air that takes the breath out of the room, you know, because it's a, it's a, television is really quite clever in that it wants to appeal to as many people as possible. So there's very rarely a whole five minute stretch where you're just going, oh, oh, oh. it's not laughter, but what the. Can, I don't know if you can even do that. I can't even do that in the bathroom, you know. And it was, so it was kind of easy because we just went on air and, you know, said things that were only offensive, not funny. They were just basically offensive. And so it was inevitable that people would warm to us. <laughs> and then uh, th- there have been shows that have tried to recreate the big gig and just haven't succeeded, despite their, their being, you know, quite good or at least very similar to, to the way it was. We had stand-up, which only lasted, uh, I think, one season. Yeah, they uh, should do that again. That's crazy not to do... That should be on all the time, every night. That was brilliant. It, it, mm. it was great. And then uh, the, the sideshow more recently, which I, I don't think was as brilliant. Uh, but, uh, but why do you think that we can't get that feeling back that we had with the big gig? Executive regulation. The ABC, like uh, all of the others, uh, SBS is the only uh, standout in this, but all of the others have uh, experienced executives who like to get their hands dirty making the TV. And so what you can end up with is too many cooks and they can spoil the broth. I think it should be softer. I think it should be harder. You'll get both of those messages at a meeting and you walk out with what? Um, And so... There's a lot of pressure from executives to rate the way they want to rate, and things that are just flat-out offensive um, are just going to make people, they think, turn off. So uh, at the end of the day, I would blame executives more than anyone else because they live in terror. Right. And so that that, uh, happens even with external production companies. Oh, Uh, God, yeah, even more so. Yeah? Because... Uh, it's all happening remotely. So execs are always on the phone saying, what are you doing? And I didn't like this and I didn't like that. And uh, most of those likes and dislikes come from their kids or their spouses and not from travelling out to Broadmeadows to ask Mrs Smith what she thinks. Yep. And so the good ones, for example, uh, Ted Robinson, who's a great producer, will on the whole just stand his ground and say, you just got to trust me. People love a confetti cannon. This, yeah, this is how I do it. The confetti cannon's been working for 100 years, and it'll keep working, and it does. Someone turns at 11 every day. But it is, uh, there's so much politics going on behind the scenes, even with light entertainment and comedy, mm-hmm. that that's the thing that can, you know, turn things sour. And then after a while, the performers are second-guessing themselves. 
you know, they don't like, somebody doesn't like it when I wave my hands. Should I stop using my hands? You know, the, the only thing you can do is just ignore executives because at the end of the day, they're not really that scared of you. They're scared of, you know, whatever's above them. And, and ignoring executives seems to be what, what you did with Das Kapital. Uh, oh, God. <laughs> executives didn't even talk to us. Oh, we had one brief. And that was, make a cult show. We sat down and thought, what's cult? Well, that's about 5% of viewers, for starters. Okay, so how do we get rid of everyone else? <laughs> <laughs> and it worked, a treat. Although Das Kapital, which was, if you haven't seen it, it was the Doug Anthony All-Stars uh, in space, in a museum, a space museum containing all of the artefacts of the world. I'm not sure why, but it's <laughs> probably a good thing. And so uh, it was us trying to kill each other. It didn't really make any sense. Occasionally there'd be a song that was totally incongruous to whatever the hell was going on. So it had all the elements to turn off a lot of people. Uh, but over time, with it's been playing on Foxtel religiously, and, you know, there's a, a bigger audience for it now than there was when we first did it. And, and you also, uh, it also involved uh, Flacco and, uh, and Bob the Violent American. Mm, who is now one of Hollywood's biggest writers. Oh, really? Has dinner with, you know, what's his name, the little guy? Danny D DeVito. Danny DeVito. And hangs with Russ. Nearly got the job of writing The Da Vinci Code, but whew, thank God didn't. <laughs> um, so, yeah, who you'd never know which one of your mates is going to end up richer than you. <laughs> <laughs> what's, his, what's his name? What's his... Uh, Michael Petroni. Right. He's gone bald, which is the only thing that <laughs> lets me sleep at night. Uh, uh, the uh, Comedy Festival is also doing a, a series of uh, film nights at Fed Square and... Uh, one of the nights is comedians talking about their favourite bits from sitcoms. And apparently the, the first replies, the first two replies they got were both about comedians and how much they loved Das Kapital. So oh, well, see, comedians would, because they're such contrary bastards. You know, <laughs> I want to like the show that nobody else does. Well, good on you, comedians. Good on you. <laughs> Uh, but it, it it lasted one season, two seasons. Yeah, two, two mighty seasons. Two mighty seasons. And was that a co-production as well? No, Did, no, no, that was all ABC. It, it was quite miraculous that Das Kapital ever happened. It was science fiction and we were doing it before a live studio audience with up to, I think, seven hours was the longest shoot starting at, you know, in the evening. So we had the audience sitting there at two o'clock in the morning going, come on, guys, whip you guys up. Get ready to laugh at Richard. Okay, get ready to fake laughing at Richard. <laughs> Three, two, you're on. So, uh, and, you know, special effects and things. That nobody ever said, we can't do that. They just said, what do you want to do? Okay, I think we can do that. We'll find someone who can. And has there been any talk to, to release those series on DVD? Well, yeah, yeah, that's the next thing. First up, the All-Stars are finally releasing a DVD, uh, which is called Das Gold. It'll be out, you know, as soon as, you know, as whenever, okay? Don't ask me <laughs> in the street if you bump into me. It'll be out soon enough, and it's uh, Series 1 and 2 of the big gig, just the All-Stars segments. Oh, great. And then there'll be Series 3 and 4 and Das Kapital and, you know, a journey around my mother and all the great 
great moments in All Stars history. And so have you guys got together uh, to do a commentary for that at all? Well, that's what do I'm, you guys still talk? Oh, yeah, that's yeah. what I'm madly phoning everybody about because, you know, they're frightfully busy. Richard's in Brisbane doing radio for old people and Paul's, <laughs> um, he's, you know, doing Good News Week and obviously wearing pumps as often as he can get away with that. But they're very busy people, hard to get a hold of. But, yeah, we'll do a commentary check. Um, they haven't seen a lot of the footage since it was actually put together. I've been locked in an edit booth. So um, I think we'll just press play and press record, and a lot of it will be groans and, oh, my God, and oh, that was your fault. <laughs> so it should be an interesting comedy track. Well, that's, that's no doubt going to be very popular because I remember a, a couple of years ago uh, there were – uh, Doug Anthony All Stars memorabilia being sold on eBay for for heaps and heaps of money. Signed copies of book were uh, were, were being put out for heaps of money on eBay. People, if you want this stuff, you just have to talk to me. <laughs> you know, there are boxes of this stuff somewhere in the world. I don't have it, but I'm sure Paul or Richard have all that stuff. We just give it to you. Why go on eBay? It's embarrassing. There was. It was like a book went for five, six hundred bucks the other day. Paul called me breathless. I said, look, darling, sit down, get over yourself. But, you know, obviously that's very hard when you can... <laughs> Your head barely reaches the bench. <laughs> <laughs> Enough short jokes. He's not that short. <laughs> and then uh, you, you next appeared on our screens uh, in Funky Squad. The uh, oh. back then it was uh, it was already a, a Working Dog production. Yeah, uh, that uh, Working Dog did after Frontline and mm. lasted one season. One glorious season, and I can kind of tell why because even as we were making it, we all sort of knew. Is this funny? No, it looks funny. Okay. And so we made it, and it definitely did look funny. It, it looked, it did look funny. But not many gags, because it was just like making Starsky and Hutch. Like, the scripts were straight, you know. It was, apart from the odd, you know, street lingo, it was performed straight, it was done straight, the scripts were good, strong stories. So, effectively, we're just making a 70s cop show. Well, and it, and it seems like a miss for, for them, which was mm. really, really odd because they haven't had one before or since. That was my work. They right. should have kept Rob Sears. <laughs> Rob had to go overseas for a while. He was to go to Harvard, to, to, Harvard yeah. to become even more of a doctor or a businessman or whatever it was. And, you know, they made the grave mistake of not going with Jamoan in the role that I eventually <laughs> took. See, whereas I think they actually made the grave mistake of trying to transport a very funny radio sketch into a, a TV show. More with, gags would have t- made it a whole different kind of show. Yeah, yeah. Which is what people expected from the radio. But it was uh, it was great fun to make. So whether people enjoyed it or not was for me and remains for me a secondary issue because it was just a hoot. Hanging around with Jane Kennedy for six weeks was good enough for me. And it, that... Uh, that got- did get sold into at least one other market. I actually saw it in the UK. Oh, and they'd, right. They'd cut out the, the fake ads of it, interestingly. Oh, right, because of maybe the products Which, are still available there. I, I suspect they just didn't understand that they weren't actually ads. Of course, because they're only English. You can't expect, <laughs> you know, look what happened to the ride. That was all going well till they, you know, they can't handle that. Sort of <laughs> they don't, they don't, the English, they don't get comedy. Mm. Yeah, they don't know how to do it. No, 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 never been funny. Now, we were talking earlier in the news about uh, Wheel of Fortune 
is being revived on Channel 9. Channel 9 seem to love reviving their old shows. Do you think there's any chance of them reviving Don't Forget Your Toothbrush? The trouble with Don't Forget Your Toothbrush is it, it costs an absolute fortune. Uh, like for one segment, we'd have... no. In fact, I'll tell you the story. The first meeting with Peter Entertainment, Wynn, who was producing... Um, he stood at the whiteboard and wrote spend, spend, spend on the whiteboard. <laughs> Underline it and said, that's what this show is about. <laughs> and, of course, I'd just come from, you know, the BBC where nobody ever mentioned money. And so I figured, that makes sense. Of course, it's going to be spend, spend, spend. That's good. No one ever talks about budget in the UK. And so, you know, whatever we came up with, we could do. So we'd have helicopters two or three hovering around the nation over houses, tanks ready to blow up, cars loaded with dynamite, stealing things. We had a a crew of 70. So that's the main trouble with toothbrush is how much it costs. It Mm. costs an arm and a leg. But Mm. great fun to make because you can just do whatever you like. Once you know about people, because they fill out little forms, saying, I like this, I go here, I have, uh, you know, I stuffed my pet bat when I was eight. Ding! There we get the bat! <laughs> Steal the bat, call the mother, get it in, you know, and blow it up. <laughs> <laughs> it was, uh, yeah, a huge amount of fun, but a little bit exy, whereas I think Wheel of Fortune is going to be cheaper. Yeah. You just sausage them out. Yeah. I hope Larry Emder's hosting. No, no, uh, it's going to be Tim Campbell. Oh, I like Tim Campbell. Mm, as much as Larry? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, they're both nice guys. That's what you need in that job, is someone who you're just going to like. Yeah, well, because well, Wheel of Fortune replaced, it was replaced by Deal or No Deal, and now Channel mm. Nine's bought it to go up against Deal or No Deal. It doesn't seem to make much logical sense. It, you never know, it might just work. It's a compelling mm. show, it's worked for years. Mm. Um, just when you think, well, we won't do that because we've seen it before, you get a new host like Tim, put him in there. He brings a new face to it, and you know it's television to chop carrots by. Well, mm. Channel Channel Nine are doing this thing at the moment that they haven't had to do for for a long time because they're losing the ratings to to Channel Seven. And you spent a lot of time in the uh, in the Channel Nine corridors. Uh, but what they're doing is is putting things up against Channel Seven shows, trying to steal their audience rather than trying to make the good shows that will actually bring the audience to them. Uh, they're putting Navy Seaboat. Uh, what's the real Sea Patrol? Sea Patrol. Sea uh, Patrol against, uh, liberal voters in uniform. That yes, one. <laughs> yes. They're, they're putting that uh, on uh, Monday night. Sea nights. Patrol colon the coup. Ah, oh, that's right. It's, yes, it's subtitled now. Right. And they're going to put that on uh, Monday nights. They're, they're the, calling the Rudd uh, government win a coup. <laughs> <laughs> in, I don't know what he's talking about. I don't know. That's just not unusual. <laughs> no. Uh, they're putting that on Monday nights in the uh, in the same time slot that City Homicide is usually in. So they're really trying to, to compete with, with Channel 7. I think they're just going to shoot themselves in the foot with, uh, with a lot of this. It's hard to know at the moment. Um, nine have great people. I mean, the, their crews, their producers are, you know, top-of-the-line supreme workers. And so if anyone can turn it around, it will be the people who didn't go to 7. So it will be the non-executives who stayed at nine who can really make it happen. They've got all the resources. They've got the national coverage. If anyone can turn it around, I reckon these new nine guys can. They bring in a whole bunch of guys from the UK and the US um, who are going to, you know, develop new shows. So, I mean, I wouldn't say fingers crossed for any of the commercial networks, but if anybody (laughs) can do it, 
um, because, you know, I like working with the commercial networks and I can't pick favourites, but I think nine could get back to number one. You only need a bit of this, a bit of that, and for the Commonwealth Games to be crap for suddenly the whole world to turn upside down. And the Commonwealth Games, ladies and gentlemen, are crap. <laughs> do, you th- do you think that's uh, actually still within Nine's potential with the, the shift of culture to a, to a corporate owner now as opposed to Kerry kind of scaring the shit out of everybody around well, the station? The f- somebody put it to me very well. They said, when Kerry was alive... We were all terrified of him. Yeah. We knew what to be scared of if something didn't go well. Now we're just terrified of the audience because they're in charge, whereas with Kerry, Kerry would say, I don't care if that doesn't rate. We lost that, but I want that on yeah. because we get clout from that, like the Sunday program. Whereas without Kerry there, it is harder to know just where the buck stops. But even that said, a, a good you need one good programmer, three good producers and all of a sudden you're the conquering heroes so i wouldn't count nine out just yet but but it doesn't every ship does need a captain and uh and i think that's something that uh channel nine need to find again yeah yeah um and it would be nice for a good to have a good captain in melbourne as well um just to uh i think melbourne's always been the engine room of nine and so i think they they should be a bit more melbourne centric than they have been, and maybe that'll be part of the of the comeback. And there's not all that much to come back. I no. mean, fifty thousand viewers here, thirty thousand there. You know, Mildura didn't tune in tonight, and oh my god, that's a crisis. But only in the green guide, not for nine. Everybody's making money. Yeah, you um, you also uh, went on to produce a show for TV One on Foxtel. <coughs> is, is that right? Shock Jock was uh, was produced yeah. for TV One. Shock Jock was. Very good fun. That was with Mark Gracie. Say his name with pleasure. <laughs> that man's a little legend. Shock Jock, if you didn't see it, if you didn't have cable at the time, um, uh, was a uh, 1980s uh, radio station. It was basically based on John Laws at 2UE in the 80s with all the money flying around. And it was, it was a hoot to do. Just great. And fun to play in drama instead of just comedy, comedy, comedy. Great fun. But but it also, it, I mean, it, it was sitcom format. It it had the gags, unlike Funky Squad, mm. and, uh, and, uh, and it did well, but it was also one of the first uh, drama slash sitcoms produced mm. directly for cable television in Australia. Yeah, yeah, it was, and that was very exciting because no one had even thought of it. But uh, on the whole, uh, the, the budgets that you'll find that are now being funneled into new projects on cable... Uh, budgets that have to be spent on Australian drama because that particular channel will have a certain amount of, of drama content on it and so they've got to fork over cash. Uh, before, they were just sending the money to whatever film was being made at Warner Brothers or whatever or, you know, being 10% of the budget of some big series. But yep. um, now more and more on the Comedy Channel are doing this. Foxtel are getting behind their own projects. Stupid, Stupid Man, written by Tim Pye, who's just you know, fantastic writer. It's a really enjoyable series. It's a great series and, you know, it's on the ABC now and people are... The worst thing about that is people think the ABC made it up. But it was, you know, Foxtel and TV One, people like uh, Selena Crowley who works there who was the first one to put her head on the chopping block and say, okay, we won't put it into... uh, You know, Moby Dick 3 being made in Queensland. Let's make our own stuff. 
And uh, are you going to uh, go back to, to television at some stage? You, you know, you've, you've been a producer, you've been a, a yeah. commissioner, you've, you've been an actor. I'm not really... I'm not really all that interested in having my face on TV because, you know, I was kind of famous and that was kind of fun. But it's not what I live for. So at the moment, I, the last five years, I've been concentrating on writing stuff. I want to move into films and, and that sort of thing. And, uh, and writing is it's wonderfully cathartic. And uh, I think it's what I've always wanted to do. So I figure, why not? I can relax and just type my own little projects. Got a couple of books on the go. And, uh, yeah, so, so I'm not, you know, banging on TV doors saying, here's another concept, here's another concept. They've got my number. There's no point in me going around and trying to flog things to them. They know what they want. And, um, and it's a horrible world to work in. It really is. They're all so terribly good looking. <laughs> Well, you, you, you were the gorgeous one, Tim. Don't forget that. I was, but look at me now. <laughs> Corpulent. This isn't sweat. <laughs> this is... I, viewers, you can't see what's happening now, but if, you, if you're having trouble seeing the image on the web, that's my back. <laughs> we look forward to all of that. Thanks so much for joining us, Tim. No worries. Thanks, guys, and thanks, Triple R. I'm Andy Anderson, and I'm with the Box Cutters. This is box cutting at its extreme, at its pinnacle. <laughs> oh, oh, that Tim Ferguson. He just cracks me up. He just, ah, oh, He can't great. help being funny. I know. Yeah. I know. He's just, he's just. See, what we're doing here, Nerd, is we're pretending like we listened to the whole interview again. But really, we're just top and tailing this. But I don't have to pretend because I was laughing at you. Oh, you, right, right. I'm pretending. Oh, okay. you're you're laughing okay. at me. Okay. I'm not pretending that you're laughing at me. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, uh, that pretty much brings us to the end of this special trip down Box Cutters Memory Lane. We'll be back with our regularly scheduled programming next week with our special guest. Mr. Black. <laughs> Finally. I know. Really? I'm not Ross yes. McLean. No, no, oh, Ross. It's good to hear uh, him. I know. Great yeah. to hear Ross. Again, don't pretend like we listened to the to the interview. <laughs> yeah, hi <laughs> Ross just... if if you if you ever listen to us anymore. That's uh I'm sure. I guess he's in a parallel universe now, isn't he? Is that it's... what happens when the doctors Yeah. Think? Yeah. When the, when was, the doctors thing, you mean tradition, don't you? When, they, when, when you say thing, you mean tradition? He was left behind on the other side of the uh the rift. He, he was. It was. It was sad. I reached out to him, but yep. uh, our hands just slipped. Did you meet just him in Iceland? Uh, no. Huh. No. You missed that. I mean, they're all nice lands. <laughs> so you missed the meat in Iceland. I did. That's a shame. I did. I did m- miss the nice meat in land. <laughs> That brings us to the end of uh, Box Cutter's special trip down memory lane. Thanks very much to Tim Ferguson, who joined us all that time ago. Thanks uh, very much to Brett for editing it all together. Not a problem. <laughs> Woohoo! And uh, that's, uh, that just means I don't have to. Uh, until next week, my name is Josh Canal. When the part of John Richards will be John Richards next week. And I continue to be <laughs> Brett Cropley. Do you like it like that? No, no! <laughs> no, you can't do Catch that! Catch us again next week. Same bad time, same bad channel. And hey, let's be careful out there. <laughs>
Box Cutters thanks 3RRR, whose studios we use to record this podcast pretty much each and every week. Find them on the web at rrr.org.au or 102.7 FM if you're in the Melbourne metro area. If you enjoyed this podcast, please go onto the iTunes Music Store or anywhere else you find us and leave a review. It will help other people find Box Cutters and then they can enjoy it too. Email us at hooray at boxcutters.net or via SMS on 0458 288 837. That's 0458 Cutter. I wonder, Brett, if, if since we uh, s- since we put in that pre-recorded uh, credits sequence, mm. if anybody actually listens to those details, any more near it up? Do you, do you know? Do you anyone? listen? Uh, I always do. You do you still listen yeah. to the show? Yeah. Yeah. I'd, a lot do of do the... you listen to these bits at the end? Yeah, I do. Right. I, it plays until it stops on my iPod. Right. Well, like uh, like the, the original pressing of Nirvana's Nevermind. That's correct. Right. Yeah. Oh, and just because we're taking the week off doesn't mean you can get your pictures in now. See all the details for the Crumpler giveaway. We want your TV show yeah, come ideas. On. Yeah, and You ha- guys are creative. Come on. And happy birthday to me. Hi, this is Pete Smith. You've been listening to or have just missed Box Cutters.